Texas' number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, let's get this thing rolling. It's a Thursday inside the sports cage. It's hot outside here in the Queen City, and we have one more preseason game to go tomorrow, and it's not in the Queen City tomorrow. It's out a little east in Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's where the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tomorrow. It's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff Saskatchewan time, and our pregame show will be on the air tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff. Today's show is for the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spiked Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored, fizzy choices to enjoy. And all of our guests, as usual, appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. You can check your neighborhood Western Pizza for their pickup and dine-in specials. Text line is open. Now, you can text us up all show long. We are going to be playing some Sastel Pick the Score a little later on in the show. So we would love for you to call in. But if you're calling in for tickets, we are not giving away tickets right now. But I can tell you, we will be giving away some tickets later on uh, on this Thursday edition of the Sports Cage. And where do I start? There's a lot happening in the sports scene right now. We have the NBA Finals tonight, Game 1 between the Heat and the Denver Nuggets at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. So that's happening. But when you look at the National Hockey League, the Stanley Cup Final Game 1 does not start until Saturday night between the Panthers and the Golden Knights. But there's a lot happening right now. It's like a soap opera between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins, if you haven't heard, well, they have hired former Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas as their new president of hockey operations. The team announced... (laughs) literally today woke up with that notification today and then Brad Treliving is the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs of course used to be on your team Mr. Blaine Wyland the Calgary Flames so that's the big NHL news today and in the NBA I already mentioned the NBA finals well that's not the only thing Nick Nurse is officially the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers so uh, a lot happening But let's talk some Saskatchewan Rough Riders here, Mr. Blaine Weiland, because we have a couple minutes before we break and uh, chat with the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, A.J. Jakubek, because the Red Blacks, they take on the Toronto Argonauts tonight in preseason action, and that game is in uh, Guelph, Ontario. They're playing a game in Guelph at Guelph University, so uh, we'll check in with A.J. Jakubek. But the Riders have released their depth chart ahead of tomorrow's uh, game against Winnipeg, and by no surprise, we heard Craig, uh, head coach Craig Dickinson say earlier this week that uh, QB1 Trevor Harris will get the start and uh, I think fans are kind of expecting maybe a quarter, quarter and a half from Trevor Harris going into tomorrow. Uh, looking at this depth chart, you got uh, Peter Godber starting at center, Furland at right guard, you got Lofton at right tackle, Evan Johnson at left guard, Philip Blake at left tackle. So maybe Blaine Wyland, is this kind of more like the offensive line that we'll see come week one? Well, Jerry- Gerald Hawkins is away from the team with the personal matters, so that affects, I guess, you know, Blake moving to tackle, Johnson and Ferland both playing. So I think that's kind of the 
kind of a preview, but yet it's interesting to see mm-hmm. what's going to happen between, I guess, the guard position. And if it's a situation of one guy's going to be the clear-cut starter, you know, between Furland and Johnson and Blake, or I should say two, be, if you include Blake, yeah. or if it's a situation, you know, maybe Furland and Johnson rotate. I know, that, like, San Francisco, the 49ers last year, had right guard all season long. They rotated their right guard. Mm-hmm. And looking at the rest of the lineup here on offense, I'm really intrigued to see uh, a lot of our big name receivers in the lineup here. Uh, Winnicky's in the lineup. Okay, we got Lenius and Sean Bain Jr. I know he's he's kind of been getting some, you know, some. Uh, what's the word for it during camp? He's had a couple dropsies, a couple oopsies, yeah. and. There's a lot of guys on this receiving core right now that have really been showing up. Uh, Corbin the third comes to mind. Uh, another one's uh, Walker, of course. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I don't want to say that Sean Bain Jr. needs to really have a huge game tomorrow. I think he's probably gonna have a lock. You know, a, yeah. a roster spot come week one, and I think he's going to have maybe a shorter leash. He's going to have to maybe perform downward in the regular season to start, so I kind of see uh, that position there. There's not many receiver spots open for the taking right now, but how do you see uh, that competition stacking up tomorrow? Yeah, kind of what you're talking about with Sean Bain Jr. I, he's going to be that home run hitter. He's also going to provide some support in special teams. When I was look, in Saskatoon, I really thought Darrell Walker was clear-cut the, the best receiver for the team. Uh, his chemistry was really instant with uh, Trevor Harris, as expected, since the pair spent some time together in Edmonton. So I'm expecting Walker to carry that over. Now, is that a good sign that he's going to be the number one receiver, possibly? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I also expect Jake Winnicky was a little bit slow starting out of camp, too. So I expect him to kind of pick it up as well. And it seemed like he's been picking up in the second week of camp as well. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be interesting to watch in that receiving core and maybe someone step up. Or it's going to be a situation all year. We're going to be waiting for guys to step up to be that number one. Yeah. And, uh, Number 88 Watson was the slot back that I was thinking about. I couldn't uh, grasp his mind in the moment. But uh, on defense, Nick Marshall looks like he's going to get the start once again on cor- at the uh, near side cornerback. Jeremy Clark, field side corner. Amari Henderson, field side half. Uh, Jaden Dalkey, free safety. And uh, Roland Milligan looks like he is, uh, well, he's slotted in to be in the starting lineup tomorrow. So uh, that's the way the secondary will look to start the game, at least. Micah Tights, Larry Dean, and Revis, your linebacking core. And Anthony Lanier, the uh, second, will be in there at defensive end. Christmas Brown and Pistol Pete Robertson, Texas Pete, will be uh, in there as well tomorrow for the Saskatchewan Rough and I don't think I mentioned uh, Jamal Morrow is slotted in to start at running back tomorrow, which is uh, uh, interesting as well. I know Morrow and Hickson kind of neck and neck right now uh, for reps in that starting role, but we shall see. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, and I should mention as well, Adam Korzak, punter, he is going to be getting pretty much all the action uh, in the preseason game tomorrow as uh, Kari Vedvik is dealing with a bit of a calf injury I believe it is so uh, look for Korzak tomorrow now you got to believe he has to have a pretty big game tomorrow to uh, kind of knock out Vedvik because kind of got the sense this week when we talked with Coach Dickey that uh, it's pretty much Vedvik's punting job to lose since he also kicks field goals but uh, what do you think of that? Uh, the uh, the punted situation yeah, yeah it's you know with Korzak arriving late for camp I think that kind of factors it into it as well mm-hmm. and, and sorry I I mean, going a little off topic, but uh, one thing we kind of forgot about talking with the top of the hour is uh, Kenny Lawler, eh? 
Oh, yes. Being suspended, possibly, and he might be out for the first game of the season. Of course, yep. he, it looks like he's going to be out for the next three to four weeks. Yeah, see, I tend to forget those Winnipeg blow bombers sometimes. I just want to get them out of my mind, right? But no, that's a very good point as well. Hey, we're late for a break. We got A.J. Jackie back waiting on the line. We're going to head to, well, I guess Guelph, Ontario, coming up here on the other side of the break. The Ottawa Red Blacks taking on the Toronto Argonauts tonight in preseason action. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Heading back out on the Western Pizza Hotline, we are getting into our last week of preseason here. The Ottawa Red Blacks, they are in Guelph, Ontario tonight to play the Toronto Argonauts. And we are joined by the voice of the Red Blacks on TSN 1200 Radio in Ottawa, AJ Jackiebeck. AJ, it's been a couple weeks. Good to hear from you again. Have you... uh, Ever called a game before in Guelph? I have, yeah. There was a preseason game here about mm-hmm. five or six years ago that we did. So, uh, good good U Sports facility, and uh, as long as the internet's working, uh, we'll be good to go. So <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, all you can ask for is a good internet connection, and uh, that's the producer and me talking. I'm always a bit worried <laughs> when games are played at non-CFL stadiums because there's always those extra challenges, it seems. I don't want to scare you before kickoff or anything here, but you know how it is. You've been in the business a long time, so I hope you have good Never internet tonight, my friend. Never mind just non-CFL stadiums, some CFL stadiums as well. Yeah, we had no, issues that, that's Hamilton a good point. before, so yeah, no, wherever you go, it's always a concern, but uh, should be good to go tonight. we got to get you out to the East Coast to call one of those Touchdown Atlantic games. You'll really find out what Internet's <laughs> like when you go out there, uh, Mr. <laughs> A.J. Oh, Jackiebeck. Oh, I can man. only imagine. I Well, if Saskatchewan... Uh, if, if the CFL actually let somebody else other than Saskatchewan go, then maybe uh, may, maybe you guys wouldn't have to broadcast there every single year. No. But uh, that's a different story for a different day. Yeah, hey, uh, selfishly, I would be okay with that. I would I would definitely be okay with that. Uh, AJ Jackiebeck, voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. So uh, it looks like Mazzoli's status, uh, status rather for Week One is in the air. Uh, what's the backup quarterback position looking like right now in Ottawa? I know Nick Arbuckle is there, but is there any chance that maybe like a Dustin Crum or Tyree Adams get a chance at that role? Or am I crazy? Well, we're going to see uh, Tyree Adams start tonight. He's going to play about a quarter, and then I think uh, Dustin Crum is going to get a, an opportunity after that. I, I think they're really high on both Tyree Adams and, and Dustin Crum, and Regardless of what happens tonight, I think uh, these are two guys that are going to be hanging around. Nick Arbuckle is a guy that, uh, you know, they, they believe they've got the best backup in the Canadian Football League in, in Nick Arbuckle. So, and, and he's paid like the best backup quarterback in the Canadian Football League. So if Jeremiah Masoli isn't ready to go, then they've got someone that is a veteran in the league that will be good to go for week one. But uh, I'm not ruling out. Jeremiah starting the season, so we'll have to wait and see what uh, what the status is uh, as of next week. We'll probably have a pretty good indication by early next week. Day one of practice is on the Tuesday, and by then we should know who the starting quarterback, at least for week one, is. Beyond the quarterback situation, which I think you know probably more than any other market, just because of uh, the, the health situation regarding uh, Jeremiah Masoli, that that's been front and center. But beyond that. Uh, I think probably the receiver position, it's a position that a lot of people around the league maybe thought wasn't as strong as it needed to be. And um, I think a lot of 
players have come in and, and surprised this year and, and really look good. And, and I think, you know, had Shaq Evans not broken his finger, he looked like a guy who was back in the same form that we saw him in, uh, in his prime in Saskatchewan before he got sidelined with, with some injury problems. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, that's, that's not uh, a receiver who's injury prone when, when you break a finger, that's just bad luck. And he's going to be out four to eight weeks. So uh, we'll see when he's uh, good to return. But in the meantime, you know, Jalen Acklin and, and Justin Hardy are going to be back as uh, American starters and, and Nate Bahar as a Canadian starter. But we'll see. Do they go four and one in terms of the ratio? Do they go three and two? Um, you know, if, if they go four and one, uh, Savon Scarver's looked really good. Uh, speedy guy that was brought in, I think, primarily as a return man. Uh, you know, to, to give some backup to a guy like Devontae Deadman. And he's been outstanding in camp, and it would not surprise me if he was a day-one starter. Beyond that, Quan Bray's had a good camp. Another player that is a veteran in this league uh, from his Montreal days uh, that, that had some injury troubles. And C.O.C. Mariner, unfortunately, has been banged up a little bit, but he is supposed to play tonight. Uh, so, you know, that that could give him a possibility for week one as well because he started some games down the stretch last year. So I would say that receiver spot. And then, you know, you've got some Canadians behind Bahar. Keaton Brugling was a rookie last year. Daniel Oladejo, a second-round pick this year out of the University of Ottawa. And both of them have impressed in camp. And Oladejo caught a touchdown last week uh, in in his first-ever CFL preseason game. And you still have Tapon Smith. Uh, around as well so i do think uh, it looks like a pretty strong receiver receiving receiving core top to bottom uh unfortunately again they've just been hit by a couple of injuries what position group is the biggest question mark do you think i would have said running back and you know they they brought in west hills or were, they thought they were bringing in west hills uh, in the offseason from hamilton to address that and uh, unfortunately for them he chose the USFL and he's an MVP candidate. He leads the league in rushing uh, right now. So it goes to show exactly what they had in West Hills if he was going to play here. But, you know, he ended up going down south. So it's made for a situation where that position is a little bit more wide open. I do think Jackson Bennett will, they'll they'll probably go with a one-two punch to start the season. I think Jackson Bennett is going to be one of those guys. You could always get a pretty good indication based on, who's going to be dressed in the set and who's not dressed in the second preseason game. So Jackson Bennett's one of the 25 veterans or so that isn't on the roster here tonight. So he's going to be one of the two guys, but who's going to be the American back that, that they rely on there. Is it going to be Devonte Williams who uh, started some games last year? Is it going to be a guy like Demontre Tuggle who has come in and really impressed, uh, especially in the preseason game uh, last week as well. So that, that, to me, is probably the biggest question mark. Um, you know, I know I'm focusing a lot on the offensive side of the ball. On, on defense, probably the most intriguing spot is just in the secondary, especially uh, with the release of Patrick Levels and the injury to Money Hunter. But I think they believe they're deep enough. Uh, and, and when you look, you know, across the board, whether it's Sam Linebacker, whether it's the corners, the half, the safeties, there, there's a lot of guys with experience in the league in those spots from Akeem Bailey, who was a rookie last year, Brandon Dandridge, who played so well in 2021 and had an NFL opportunity in 2022 before coming back. Damon Webb, Douglas Coleman, 
Uh, you look at the safety spot, and Alonzo Adai has taken a big step this year as a Canadian, where you still have guys like Justin Howell and Ty Cranston who have experience in the league. And um, a couple of newcomers as well have looked pretty good. Uh, so I think they're going to be pretty deep there. I think they're going to be okay, even in spite of the injury uh, to uh, Money Hunter, who's one of the best boundary corners in the league. But, uh, you know, until we get flying on, on night one, it's, it's uh, sometimes you never really know. But uh, I, I still think this is going to be a, a much improved defense from what we saw a year ago. AJ Jackiebeck from TSN 1200 Radio in Ottawa, voice of the Red Blacks. And, uh, well, it was quite the circus last year between the Red Blacks and Rough Riders. Uh, my question, I guess, is uh, have Ottawa fans forgiven us Saskatchewanians yet, AJ, or is this going to be a lifelong grudge happening here? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, that that, that, that incident was, was something that, uh, you know, I, I think speaks for itself. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it, people didn't have a grudge about the province or the fans or anything like that. I, I think, you know, they, they weren't happy with what Garrett Marino did. Uh, they weren't happy with how the Saskatchewan Rough Riders handled the situation with Garrett Marino. Um, I, I was never asking for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to even cut Garrett Marino. I, I just thought it, it should have been a little more explicit given what he did, given what he said, given what his history was that, you know, they maybe lay down the law a little bit more and ensure that, you know, he learns a lesson from it. And it it felt like that didn't happen. Maybe it happened behind the scenes, but publicly it felt like it didn't happen. Uh, It is what it is. That's a year ago. It's in the past for me. And uh, I'm looking forward to the season. I always look forward to my visits to Regina. It's uh, as, as a Prairie boy, an Alberta guy, love, uh, you know, spent time in the Western Hockey League and the SJHL did uh, four months in, in Melford at CJVR uh, before I started, uh, you know, my radio career in, in, in BC. So, yeah, I've got a lot of love for Saskatchewan, a lot of love for Regina, and looking forward to coming there a little bit later this year, and especially, uh, you know, the intrigue surrounding the quarterback with Trevor Harris, a guy that we know very well from Ottawa with his three years there. So curious to see how they're going to be. I, I think in the end, um, you know, they, they may be in a battle for the crossover spot. Mm-hmm. If there is one, uh, you know, with teams like Ottawa and Montreal and Edmonton and, you know, who, who knows who else. So I, I kind of think both teams are in the same boat. Disappointing years last year, looking to find a way to regroup and rebound and find a way to get to eight or nine wins to be in the conversation uh, to make the playoffs. And if you get more than that, then that that's fantastic. But, uh, you know, both, both for different reasons, both organizations looking to rebound for from disappointing seasons in 2022. Yeah, you'll be here week nine, Sunday, August 6th, uh, Ottawa Red Blacks in Regina. So, uh, And also, uh, we visit Ottawa this year. We weren't there last year. I know Michael Ball's excited to uh, visit uh, TD Play Stadium this uh, this season as well. AJ Jackiebeck, voice of the Red Blacks, thank you for your time today. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, just one more preseason game to go, and then we can start this thing up for real. Yeah, and I mean, I already talked about the schedule in terms of, you know, touchdown Atlantic. Absolutely ridiculous that Saskatchewan hasn't paid a visit to Ottawa since 2019. We're actually going to Calgary for the first time since 2019. Um, I love the CFL. It's a great league, great product. I'll stand up for it for for so many different things, but 
I don't like the way the schedule is run. I think it's a joke that Saskatchewan hasn't been there in four years. And uh, finally, finally, they're going to be back in Ottawa where, you know, there's, uh, there's Saskatchewan transplants all over the country. Uh, big mistake for them to, to have four years without coming to Ottawa. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to my visit to Regina and always uh, appreciate coming on. All right. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. You're right. Uh, that's AJ Jackie Beck, the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And we are going to head to break and on the other side, uh, give some more love to the East Division, the Toronto Argonauts. We're going to check in with Mike Hogan, the voice of the Argos on the other side. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. All right, back with your sports ticker at 3.33 p.m. here on this Thursday. Game one of the NBA Finals tonight, Miami Heat-Denver Nuggets opening tip at 6.30 p.m. We're going to talk with Arash Madani a little later on in the show, well, right at 4.05 p.m. roughly, about uh, the NBA Finals. The Toronto Blue Jays, hey, they won a baseball game because Alec Manoa was not pitching. That's what Blaine Weiland just told me a couple seconds ago, so I stole it. The Toronto Blue Jays beat the Milwaukee Brewers this afternoon, 3-1 the final score. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. All right, here with our resident health and lifestyle expert, Tish Duffy, Train with Tish. You can follow her by that handle on all social media. Thanks for joining us again on this Thursday. Um, You got the 80-20 rule as it relates to nutrition. Tell us about it, Tish. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we get to a certain point in our lives where we haven't been taking care of ourselves and, you know, we're tired of our pants sitting snug, we're tired of feeling lethargic, uh, we're tired of just feeling unhealthy. So we get to a point where we're ready to make some changes. And I think the problem is, is when you get tired like that, you jump all in. So on day one, you're keen to go, uh, you're ready, you're focused. By day three... Because you've been so disciplined, 100% all in, you start looking at yourself in the mirror, you stand on the scale, and you think, wow, I should be ripped by now. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way, even if you are spending like 100% of your effort getting back on track. So the expectation first when you go all in is just way too high. Um, so I try to encourage my clients to take a different approach. We do uh, Monday through Friday uh, or five days out of the seven, at about 50% improved habits. So pick little things like um, maybe decrease amounts of drinking, um, getting in five different vegetables a day, making sure that there's 20 to 30 grams of protein in each meal. Pick one or two and improve by about 50%. And then the expectation of what uh, you're expecting your body to feel like and to look like is a lot less. You stick with it. And then the weekend comes, and you kind of give yourself a break. You don't binge and go off the rails, but because you've only made improvements, you know, by about 50%, you're not feeling that deprivation. Um, and you kind of go on, on Friday night or Saturday night, and you do what you like. You don't feel guilty about having a couple of drinks, eating a pizza, you know, splurging on a dessert. And then Sunday, perhaps, maybe you get back up and you have brunch with your friends, and it's still maybe not the healthiest. But by Sunday afternoon, you're feeling more motivated. So then when Monday comes, you're back to feeling um, 
that you're ready to get into a little more discipline and routine. And this just organically improves from 50% improvement in habits from 60 to 70 to 80. And once you achieve an 80% improvement, at least five out of the six, or sorry, seven days, um, your expectations are a lot healthier and more realistic. And then before you know it, you're going to have your friends say, wow, you've lost weight. And because it's been so much easier with more balance, um, it's something you can actually continue to do. It just naturally and organically happens. It's, it's like really the only way that you can sustain any kind of, any kind of weight loss. And that's why we got her on the show. Great tips like that. It is Train with Tish. Check her out by that handle on all social media. Thanks for your time. And by the way, what are you doing while you're talking to me? It sounds like you're exercising. <laughs> oh, I, I was trying hard not to be out of breath. But yes, I'm I'm on my walk getting my uh, nature on and my steps uh, in order today. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. Two games in the CFL tonight. The Calgary Stampeders are in BC and the Ottawa Red Blacks head to Guelph to take on the Toronto Argonauts. And uh, we heard from the voice of the Red Blacks, AJ Jackiebeck, a little earlier. And now we are joined by the radio voice of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan on the Western Pizza Hotline. Mike, thanks for uh, making some time on a game day in the Argos. Well, they've been calling the University of Guelph home for training camp this year, and I was just kind of wondering how has uh, that been for the organization? Is it a good fit? Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's mm. it's pretty close to Toronto. It's uh, on the right side of town to Pearson Airport. So if we have to fly in or fly out a player, uh, it's nice and convenient. And the, the the university facilities themselves are just spectacular. Um, you would find you would be hard pressed to talk to somebody within the youth sports community to say this isn't the best facility in the country. So uh, we're lucky to have it. The weight rooms are top notch. The meeting rooms, uh, the the food facility, the dorm rooms, like everything is right on top of each other. Uh, it, we're really lucky to have this place, and we signed a long term deal with Guelph this year. So uh, everything is good. And uh, you know, with that said, I think everybody's happy to be going home after tonight and. Uh, you know, getting to, to kick back and sleep in their own bed after three weeks. First and foremost, though, I love my uniforms, Mike Hogan. We got to take a look at your uniforms here. The new unis. How much powder blue does Mike Hogan have in his closet now? <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than I did a year ago. Um, let me ask you. Be honest. What do you think? I like the helmet. I like the helmet. For my taste, I think. Maybe just a little bit too much powder blue, in my humble opinion, but I do like the new helmet, and, uh, you know, I, I like what they were going for, but if I had to say yay or nay, I'm going to be honest with you, Mike Hogan. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to say I'm going to say nay, but... Uh, what no, that's, that's cool. Like, uh, I'm happy to say you're in the minority, but, mm-hmm. you know, no, it's like uniforms are really personal. Like, people love them or hate them, and, yeah. I, and I'll be honest, I, I like the contrast. Like, I... Mm-hmm. If we roll these out with a dark blue pant, I, I, I'd love them. Or the dark, you know, a, a dark blue top with with uh, light blue. But um, when you see them live, I think you might like them a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, I saw the early incarnations of these and, and was kind of eh, and I watched the growth of the uniform and the helmet over the last three or four years as we've gotten closer to our 150th anniversary season, which is this year. And I actually, I, I really like them. Um, I've come around, and 
you see them live, I think you might have a little bit different opinion because, you know, it's one thing to see them on paper, then it's another thing to see them on video. But then when you see them live right. uh, on the field, uh, most people like them to begin with. And I think people who are kind of on the fence, and maybe you're not to that stage yet even, but uh, I think those on the fence might warm up to them a little bit more when they see them in game action. Yeah, I could be. I could be on the fence. I Like you said, maybe i got to lay my eyeballs on them in, in person and then uh, I'll know. But what was the player's reaction to the new threads overall? Uh, I was uh, – we, we – no – only a couple of players had seen them for a promotional video that we were doing, yeah. and then we did uh, headshots, uh, where guys come in, they get you know their their pictures taken, and they were putting on uh, the top, which at the time didn't have any numbers on it. They were just the generic light yeah. blue with the uh, with the oars on the side, uh, on the shoulder, and there was only one guy that was kind of lukewarm, and everybody else went, "Whoa, these are awesome!" All right. So, like the players yeah. are, you know. All but one guy who just doesn't like light colors. Um, <laughs> they're all dialed in. They all love them. So me and that guy um, need to go out for something to eat. Maybe, maybe we have the same tastes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, he's just saying. It's you know, uh, the guys love them, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, if the guys are going to play better because they're wearing something they think is sharp, uh, that's the main thing. Uh, you know, players. Yeah, in this era, all seem to prefer the uh, one color look, where the pants and the jersey are the same. So, mm-hmm. um, right now, our, our our uniforms are all white and all baby blue. So, um, the the players have really had a really positive reaction, which made me feel pretty good because you never know yeah. um, what what players are going to think about something that's a little bit different than they're used to. Uh, but it was uh, it was a very very strong positive reaction to the evenings. Voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan on the Western Pizza Hotline. And you mentioned it earlier. Let's talk about it. Argos celebrating their 150th anniversary this season. And it looks like the organization has a whole lot planned here in 2023 to celebrate throughout the season. The Argos will be counting down the top 150 moments in franchise history. And the list has been determined by a committee, I heard, of uh, longtime Argo employees. And on that list, I heard a little birdie told me that Mike Hogan is one of the ones that are, uh, you know, deciding the list of this 150 moments. So I'm going to ask you, has all 150 selections been made? Is it all complete at this point? It, it is completed. We started in January and we finished the list uh, four months later. It, it took a long time. We had five people on the committee. Uh, Paul Woods, who has written a couple of books on the Toronto Argonauts and uh, is in the middle, uh, toward the end, I guess, of a third. Uh, so he, and he's been a diehard fan back to the 70s. Don Landry, who was our, from CFL.ca, longtime broadcaster and again an Argo fan from the 70s. Danny Webb is the Argos equipment manager, the longest serving employee. He's been here since uh, 1985 with the Argos, so he's seen a lot of this stuff obviously firsthand. And uh, the dot send to the committee was a, a history professor here at the University of Guelph named James Fraser, whose passion as a historian is pre-CFL Toronto Argonauts. Oh, wow. Uh, his, uh, his Twitter handle is Bygone Boatman, mm-hmm. where he posts stuff from, you know, right from day one in 1873, uh, right up to, you know, basically present. But he deals basically with pre-CFL stuff. So as much as I thought I knew, you know, I've, I've been a fan since the 70s as well and, and play-by-play guy since 2000. 
um, as much as I thought I knew or Danny knew or, or Don or, or Paul, James Fraser saved us. I mean, this list would have been so different without him. And we have every decade represented um, except for the 1890s. Back to 1873. Holy smokes. So it's a, it's a remarkable <laughs> list with a team that has a remarkable history. And I can guarantee you, even the most diehard Argo fan will not know all of these moments on the list. Wow. So what was that process like? I mean, how did you uh, get to the point of, you know, narrowing it down to say, you know, the top 10, top 25 moments? Like, what was the game plan going into this thing? It seems like a large thing to tackle. You know, we, we did it, we, each one of us would come up with our first list, and we thought it would be easy to kind of get the obvious ones out of the way. So we each did a top 25 list. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, take uh, sort of, you know, give uh, for everybody who had a number one, I'd give it 25 points. And then if they had a number two, I'd give it 24 points. And I'd do that for all five of our lists. I would compile that, and then we would look at it and have another vote. And uh, then we would have a top 25. So we would do that every week for six weeks. Um, And then we got together and went through a very arduous process of saying, okay, that one might be a little bit too high. And we, we, we did a one by one until we got to the end of 150. And remarkably, everybody at the end of it went, you know what? This is a pretty good list. Mm. Um, You know, and we all went into it super critical and kind of terrified that we would miss something. But you know, you know, Paul Woods would bring up something that somebody would have forgotten about, and and then Don would do the same thing, and Danny would do the same thing, and I'd do the same thing, and you know, James was uh, the professor was uh, the the provider of so many amazing moments that I wasn't aware of, to be honest. You know, stuff from the 1930s, stuff from the 1910s um, that I just you know have fallen through the cracks. So uh, it was a remarkable experience. I'm really happy I was a part of it, and uh, I really hope people. Even if they're not an Argo fan, I mean, this just kind of mirrors the history of this great league and before the CFL. Um, it's it, it was a real eye-opener, and I, I hope people not only get a chance to see what we do through our social media release, but, you know, we'll obviously be putting out a companion piece explaining each one of these 150 moments, and I hope people take the time to, to read and learn about some of the great figures in Canadian football history that have been lost through the years. Yeah, no, that's exciting. CFL fans looking forward to it. When can we expect uh, the list to come out? Uh, what's the process like there? Uh, it'll probably be, we'll, we'll, we'll do it as a countdown, not play by play. We're not going to do 150 days, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll do them in chunks of I 10 see. or 20, probably groups of 20, and we'll highlight one or two, and then we'll write a companion piece. Counting down our uh, our anniversary game, our birthday is uh, October 4th. That'll be our 150th birthday. We have a game on October 6th, so we'll be counting down to uh, to our actual birthday on October 4th, and then uh, a gala game taking place on October 6th that so we're really excited about. That's awesome. Mike Hogan, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts on the Western Pizza Hotline here for a few more moments. Uh, I want to talk about this as well, Damon Allen and Daryl Mookie Mitchell being added as all-time Argos. Maybe just talk about what those two guys mean to the Toronto Argonauts and their history. Yeah, Damon's kind of unique because he meant a lot of things to a lot of teams because he was around for so long and and in so many markets. But, you know, he won his MVP award as a member, MOP award as a member of the Argonauts and and led the Argos to the 2004 Grey Cup and, 
you know, was in top five in the top five in passing and touchdowns and in a short period of time really established himself. And Daryl Mitchell statistically is the best receiver the Argos ever had. Um, you know, 80, was it 80, 70 some touchdowns. And that's before he went to Edmonton. I mean, you know, he started his career here and, and, and played the better part of his career here. Uh, coming back for one year at the end of his uh, of his stellar career, but you know Mookie was just that guy. He was so fast, so deceptively fast. Great hands, became a great route runner as as his career went along. Uh, and you know, two guys who absolutely should be honored. Uh, there are 24 on the list now, which is saying something over 150 years, and that's uh, that's going to increase to 26. So it's very select company, and those two certainly. Uh, deserve their appearance on that uh, on that list of all-time Argos. Yeah, I love the excitement around the Argonauts right now. So for tonight, quickly, Mike, uh, Chad Kelly, he was held out of the first preseason game because of some tightness, elbow tightness. Yeah. Is there any long-term concern there? No, not at all. They uh, they came back. He was playing on. Uh, they gave everybody the day off on Sunday, and and they came back. He took. He was a full participant. Took all his normal throws Good. on Monday. And I think just to show things off, uh, the first Skelly drill they ran, he threw a 40-yard dime down the sideline for a touchdown. Right. So um, he's back. He's fine. It was just they didn't want something that would probably last an hour or two to become something that would last a week or yeah. two. So to be safe, they just sat him down. And, it got, you know, we know that Chad Kelly's going to be QB1 here in Toronto. There's, mm-hmm. there's zero question about that. It gave the staff more time to look at uh, – the three guys going out for QB two in a very close competition right now. And it gave them more snaps under pressure. And I don't know how long Chad is going to play tonight, but again, that, that second backup quarterback job is still wide open. So, uh, you know, it might not mean a lot to, uh, to anybody in terms of the standings or the final score, but uh, to more than a handful of players tonight, this could be, you know, their career as an Argonaut or their career as a pro, to be honest. Yeah, and how was Curly Gittens Jr. doing after that hit last week versus Hamilton? I think it was uh, Lawrence Woods, I think it was, he ran into there? Yeah, or Lawrence ran into him. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the better yeah. way to say it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, How's he doing, though? Clean hit. He got him right on the shoulder, bruised the shoulder. Um, in a, it looked bad because Curly was really writhing in pain. Like We, we were terrified on the sideline, you know, yeah. how bad is this? And maybe some of us, you know, present company including, hoping it was just a or where it's something that I've never had, but I've talked to enough guys who have had that where it just scares you to death Um, and thought that might be it. But he was, you know, he probably could have gotten back into the game on Saturday, uh, could play tonight for sure, but there's no reason to. Uh, You know, we know Curly's going to be our number one Canadian receiver and probably our number one receiver, top 10 in the league last year. Um, you know, led all Canadian receivers in receiving yards last year. We all know he's really good. Uh, this gives us, uh, as an organization, a chance to look at some of the guys behind him. Yeah, and quickly, one last point. Uh, who is this running back, Deontay McMahon, making players miss left and right? I'm hoping we can see this guy in the regular season. He's been something to watch here. Yeah, he'll he'll be in tonight for sure. I don't know. I, I think that uh, you'll see Harris and Olette start, mm-hmm. and then out of a Boye come in, and then uh, McMahon and Lee again. Deontay McMahon played at McNeese State. He was conference player of the year last year. Little guy, 5'9", 185. Um, excuse me. If you're old enough, you'll remember Blink Roberts with Winnipeg. Mm. Same kind of style. Very, very quick to the hole. Uh, very elusive. Uh, he's been so much fun to watch. 
Last year averaged 7.4 yards a carry at McNeese State, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just, he's that guy. He's that next smaller American back that probably didn't get a look down south because of his physical stature, but really fast, really elusive. And, you know, uh, I don't know how you find We Last year we used four running backs every game, including the great cup. Adam Boboye, great guy on special teams, Harris, Leak, and Olette. Leak as a returner. Uh, I, I don't know if Deontay will push Javon or not, but they're the same style of guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what those carries are like tonight. But uh, rest assured, uh, Deontay McMahon will not be made available to the rest of the league should he not make the opening day roster. This has been awesome. Mike Hogan, voice of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, enjoy the game tonight and can't wait for this regular season to start here. Really appreciate the chat, and I think you'll look really good in that light blue. Hey, like, man. I, I hey, really if you think you've got a future in that. If you want to mail me one, I'll send you my address. You can mail me one, eh? Oh, you're typical radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Mike Hogan on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, if he mailed me one, I wouldn't say I'd wear it, but maybe I'd frame it. I don't know. What do you think, Blaine Wyland? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, tonight, the Ottawa Red Blacks, Toronto Argonauts, in the preseason at the University of Guelph. We're late for a break. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 356 inside the sports cage. Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball today as Ballsy is uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba for the big game tomorrow. I say big game because, well, it is a big game for a lot of these uh, young guys. It's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff tomorrow. And uh, our pregame show will be on the air at 3.30 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli. Then the hour leading up till kickoff. So at 5.30 p.m., that's where, uh, or that's when... Michael Ball and Luke Mullinder will take over the airwaves with the Rider Nation pregame show. And speaking of Saskatchewan Rough Riders, speaking of games, stadiums, tickets, how about some tickets to a future Saskatchewan Rough Rider game? Let's uh, do this thing before we break for the 4 o'clock news here. Sastel picked the score. It's back for another year, and I have two tickets for the June 16th home game. And now, uh, every single week, you know, the winner that has the closest score prediction will win a $200 Sastel gift card. And then they will go into the pot for the end of the season where they will be entered in to win a sweet experience at Mosaic Stadium. And I'm talking S-U-I-T-E experience, not an S-W-E-E experience. I think I spelt that right, Blaine. So yes, call right now the number 306-936-6262 and uh, let's get this thing rolling here. Once again, that's two tickets for the June 16th home game and uh, let's take caller number uh, what am I feeling today? Uh, Do you know what? Trevor Harris is making his Saskatchewan Rough Riders debut tomorrow. So let's take caller number seven. So caller number seven uh, takes the tickets, and uh, we will announce our winner on the other side of the 4 o'clock news. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Hi. Uh, 
Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. All right, welcome back inside the sports cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. And it's about that time they go coast to coast with our friend Arash Madani here on the Western Pizza Hotline for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. And Arash, well, let's start here. The Maple Leafs, they get bounced from the playoffs a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Kyle Dubas... What did he do? He insisted. He just insisted he was going to work nowhere but Toronto, Ontario. And then today, what was it? Like 30 minutes before Brad Treliving was to be unveiled as the Leafs GM, it's Dubas that's announced as the president in Pittsburgh. I mean, does this feel like reality it's TV amazing, meets... It's amazing, isn't it, Yeah, it's amazing it's, how it works, right? Just help, talk me off the ledge here. Well, I mean, which part of it, you uh. know? I mean, did Dubas sit up there... Knowing full well before <clears throat> "quote unquote" official permission was given by the Penguins, did Dubas sit up there after round two, knowing full well that there was going to be an offer from Pittsburgh on the table for him? Yeah, I mean, we're we're not suggesting Zinger by any stretch of the imagination that tampering exists in pro sports. Are we that yeah, Dubas wouldn't have used that press conference to orchestrate his exit? Knowing that the Pittsburgh job was waiting for him, right? Man. Like, you know, we, we listen to coaches, we listen to executives, we listen to GMs sit up there, you know, at press conferences, at podiums, and we have to remember this is just a narrative that they are trying to spin to make themselves look favorable, to make their organization look favorable, to position themselves for their next gig to make themselves look good. And Kyle Dubas sat up there, obviously, angling for the next gig, it sure appears. Um, And it's another reminder that just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. Oh, it just so it seems so greasy to me. So, do you think like the waters were just like poisoned between Shanahan and Dubas at some point here? It feels like it was. It feels like because uh, look at what happens here. Like thirty minutes before the Tree Living announcement today of becoming the new GM, the Dubas president of hockey operations um, announcement comes. Like Zinger, I don't know about you. But I got the sense as all of this unfolded that maybe this was one of those scenarios where if, if the Maple Leafs had beaten Florida, if they got to a conference final or pray tell the Stanley Cup final, that Dubas goes into MLSE's board of directors and says him or me about Shanahan. Mm -hmm. Because he had to have known. He had to have known that... uh, that this gig was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Otherwise, what's the deal? I just can't. Yeah, I know. I can't wrap my head around it. Now that, well, now that Brad Treliving takes over in Toronto after his run uh, run with the Flames, what may be different now, I guess, in, in Leafland? Well, it's a completely different leadership 
situation, right? New GM comes in, but we're used to hearing new GM comes in and he's going to bring his own people and the head coach is on the hot seat. It sounds like Sheldon Keep's going to stay there, who's Dubis's guy. Um, and, you know, every GM gets at least one bullet when it comes to their coach, so maybe Trilliman's going to sit on this, or maybe this is Shanahan saying, no, no, we're going to keep Keith around. We're not going to let him go over to Boston. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more openness publicly with Tree Living. He's a little bit more of a political animal, as he showed in Calgary. But for the first time in a while, they have somebody who's been in a job before. Remember Kyle Dubas' first gig in the NHL was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now True Living's been in Calgary, and you know you got to sense a little bit about how True Living goes about it with his with his time with the Flames. So it's definitely going to be a different way of operating, and maybe not as analytics focused as it has been the last few years. Yeah, uh, the soap opera in Toronto, Ontario, man, oh man. It's coast to coast on the Western Pizza Hotline with our friend Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. All right, Arash, you're in Denver for the NBA Finals, yes. and uh, it's certainly not the first time a Canadian is playing for a championship, but never has a player from our country had as huge of a role or an impact on a team than uh, Jamal Murray has for the Nuggets here in this playoffs. Yeah, and, and Zinger, you know, if Nikola Jokic is, well, he's been a two-time MVP, but if he's the Batman of this team, Jamal Murray's Robin. Mm. You know, they, they may be the best, they put together the best two-man game in the NBA. They may be the best one-two punch since Kobe and Shaq. And no. that's not hyperbole. That's not a narrative. I mean, Jokic has more triple-doubles than any player in a single playoffs ever. And Jamal's right there with him along for the ride. Murray's been as productive. There, there are a number of different things I can tell you about, you know, in terms of, you know, he's on a heater that's on another level in, in, in a bunch of playoff categories. And he's coming off a torn ACL that he suffered the year after his coming out party in the bubble. And I'll tell you, Zinger, I thought this was really interesting yesterday. We were chatting with Eric Spolstra, and Spolstra said his impression from Miami getting the conference finals in the bubble. Again, that was summer of 2020. He thought that the Nuggets would be in a bunch of NBA finals by now. This is their first. And Spolstra's point was, if Murray doesn't get hurt, they probably are. Mm. That's how vital Jamal Murray has been to the Denver Nuggets. Well, I want to talk about Jokic, though, too. Uh, you, you did a feature on Jokic, who is uh, this close to being MVP for a third straight year. Most guys of that stature, Arash, you know, in most sports, would just be absolute celebrities and well-known. But doesn't really feel that way with the Joker. Well, he's not about his own brand, Zinger, at all. Mm. He, a long time ago, deactivated his... Instagram account, his Twitter account, and the rest. And when he was asked about it after they swept the Lakers, he said, why did I delete my social media accounts? He said, because social media is a waste of time. <laughs> like, he, he's a different kind of cat than anybody we're used to in the public eye in, in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And he won't even acknowledge that he's the best player on the team. He's like, yeah, I get the most touches, but he's like anybody at any time. And we spoke with Michael Porter Jr. yesterday, 
And Porter's like, he's so unselfish. He's willing to give up the ball. He's like, you know, Jokic can do whatever he wants at any time. And, you know, you think back to these playoffs, all those triple-doubles, the shot, do you remember the game four shot? Yeah, I do. That he hit as the shot clock was expiring over Anthony Davis of the Lakers that basically sealed the sweep. Looked like Larry Bird. (laughs) And then what LeBron do, Zinger, at the press conference? No. Literally tipped his cap to the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Malone, the coach here in Denver, said, look, he's not going to be anybody he's not. You know, he's he's not about me. He's not a self-promoter. Uh, he cares about the other guys on the team. And Spolster said, you know, he's he's one of one. Mm-hmm. So the challenges are all over the place for Miami Zinger in this series, as you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, Jokic is probably the most unique matchup in the NBA. And Jimmy Butler said, it's going to take all five of us. It's going to be team defense. We have to stay in our gaps, he said. And in his words, he said, we have to gang rebound uh, against against them. There can't be second-chance opportunities for the Nuggets. Yeah, we're talking about a Miami Heat team, an eight seed that needed to go through the play-in to uh, get into the actual playoffs. And I predicted after they eliminated my Bucks, I said, you know what, this team's going to go on to win the championship. They're going to ride this high. I remember you said that. Yeah, they're going to ride this high, and they're going to you know, hoist Larry OB at the end of the year. Uh, now they're in the finals. It's just quite amazing. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, like, if you're putting two names, the showcase names of this series up on the marquee, it's Jokic and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy Bucket is just all of it. There's, there's an audacity to him, and he just wants the challenge. He loved getting in Grant Williams' face against uh, the Celtics. I mean, the, the resume is amazing. Um, six-time All-Star, Olympic gold medalist, led Miami single-handedly um, to the finals in the bubble, and now here he is doing it again. But like when you think about Jimmy Zinger, and you think about the road, when he was in high school, he was an unranked prospect. He had to go to junior college before he got on the radar that Marquette brought him in in college basketball. And I was looking it up the other day and think about the stars of the NBA. Like, let's go back four years, you know, the year the Raptors won it. Since then, free agents in the NBA have included Kawhi, KD, and Kyrie Irving. Mm. And Jimmy Butler's the only one who's advanced to a conference finals. Hmm. So that's what we're talking about, and he's been with Miami after Philly wasn't going to keep him around. I just love how he was mean-mugging after he won the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. So good, huh? He was just mean-mugging. He's like, no, I'll touch the next one. I'll touch the next one. It's going to be a great series, Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets. Game one tonight at the Ball Arena in downtown Denver, Colorado, and Arash Madani of Sportsnet. You will be there. Enjoy the Enjoy the game, my friend. Thanks for your time today. Always good, Zinger. Thanks, bud. It's Arash Madani, coast-to-coast for Smart Investing Solutions on the Western Pizza Hotline. Your sports cage clutch performer is coming up on the other side of the break. Sean Kleisinger in for Michael Ball today here on the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 
Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. 3-2. Fly ball right center. Kiermaier, a long run, dives, and he's got it! Just when you think you've seen it all, Kevin Kiermeyer shows you something else. Yeah, that was some kind of catch today. Kevin Kiermeyer, Superman, laid his body out, catches it in right center field. And the Toronto Blue Jays came away with a 3-1 to win this afternoon at the Rogers Center. So they win the series versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Two games to one. Kevin Kiermeyer, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, we're back inside the sports cage. I'm just kind of daydreaming, thinking about that catch. I can't believe that. I saw that live earlier today. Kevin Kiermeyer just laying out for it. Oh, it feels good to win another baseball game. Of course, if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Back in the sports cage here for the Canadian Brew House. I want to send a big congratulations out to uh, Barry Bizdel. Sorry, Barry, if I'm not saying your last name correct. But Barry called in right before uh, the 4 o'clock news. And uh, he's our winner for Sastel Pick the score today. 29-27 to 27 is his score prediction for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Everybody's picking Winnipeg this week. And I guess, whatever, it's a preseason game. I don't know why everyone thinks that Winnipeg has such a huge advantage in this game, in a preseason game. I mean, everybody's picking Winnipeg. And uh, I don't know the reason for it, but... Barry has won himself a pair of tickets to the June 16th home game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And uh, also, he has a chance to win that $200 gift card from Sastel. And of course, right now, that's a pretty big tornado warning happening across south-central Saskatchewan. So if uh, you're listening to the radio at any point during the show today and you kind of hear, you know, a person go over the speakers and give a tornado update. No need to worry. It's a natural thing. That's what happens when there's a tornado update. And uh, we will keep you posted if anything changes on that front. But as of right now, uh, the game tonight is still kind of up in the air for the Regina Red Sox. The Sox are taking on the... uh, uh, Medicine at Mavericks tonight, and as of right now, I believe the game is happening. The game is happening, scheduled as planned, 7.05 p.m. opening pitch from Curry Field. Uh, the Regina Red Sox taking on the Medicine at Mavericks uh, tonight. And we talked about this to uh, kick off the show today, and well, actually, actually, Blaine Wyland is the one that brought it up. Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver. Kenny Lawler, he's going to be riding the pine. He's going to be riding the bench for the beginning of the CFL season. Now, is this because, Blaine, the, the, is this dating back to his DUI charges? Is that what this it, is about? It appears that's what it is. Yeah, back to October 2021. Wow. So it's just coming back to catch him now. I mean, that's, uh, that's something else. But, uh, Another thing I was going to mention, too, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they will be uh, starting Trevor Harris tomorrow at quarterback. And I was just looking at the depth chart through uh, the four o'clock or the yeah the four o'clock news there. And I was just kind of looking once again through the offensive line. And I was trying to think of scenarios where it kind of wouldn't be 
these guys to start the year. Of course, with you know missing at left tackle is the the big the big man from LSU. He's going to be missing uh, at left tackle. But you got to believe that it's going to be Peter Godber, Furland, and then. Uh, maybe Blake moving over. I don't know. If the season were to start today, Blaine Wyland, how is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive line looking? Because that's the one thing I'm most intrigued about. Yep, everyone's talking about The fronts it. on both sides, but let's stick with the offensive line. It seems like, at least before, i got to admit, because I was gone for a couple days, mm-hmm. um, but I thought going in it was going to be Hawkins, Blake, Godber, a combination, Furlander, Johnson, right guard, and still, I don't know yet. And then as well, at right tackles, Eric Lofton as well. So that remains to, uh, to be seen. Uh, what happens, uh, if anything will change that front, you know, definitely want to see. Uh, definitely, and I, fortunately, I didn't get to see that exhibition game. And that's something I want to see more is live game action with those linemen because that, it's hard to get a read of the, the defensive and offensive linemen uh, during camp. And I'm sure uh, Michael Ball and Luke Mulder would agree with that, that you got to get more of the game action to get a read of those guys. Yeah, and I'm hoping that Trevor Harris gets a nice uh, dose of playing time tomorrow. I know Craig, uh, Craig Dickinson said earlier this week that he's going to be getting at least a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half of playing time. And also the backup position, it's kind of up in the air. We'll talk about it. A little later on in the show, but uh, I don't know. There's kind of rumblings around the city that maybe Mason Fine is on the way out. That's just uh, what my my friends are saying, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. But as of tomorrow, he will be uh, QB2 on the depth chart. So uh, I think uh, tomorrow's game is going to go a long way. All right, we're going to be heading to break here. Check in with Colin Lovequist. And on the other side, it's our Wednesday Where Are They Now segment. And yes, no, you're not crazy. I know it's Thursday, but we did not run this segment yesterday on Wednesday. I wanted to move it a day so I could uh, catch up with this guy. The former quarterback of the University of Regina Rams, Noah Pickton, will be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Coming up next, you're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. And, uh, well, last night in the Memorial Cup, Cam Loops was taking on the Seattle Thunderbirds, and the Seattle Thunderbirds came away with a 6-1 to win. So Seattle has punched their ticket into the semifinal on Friday, and now tonight the Peterborough Peets will take on those Cam Loops Blazers. And the winner of tonight's game will provide the competition for Seattle on Friday. And the winner of that game will go on to Sunday's final to take on the Quebec Ramparts, Patrick Waugh's team. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they have hired former Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas as their new president of hockey operations. The team announced today Brad Treliving is the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That seems like old news by this point, but uh, it's pretty much fresh off the press. Nick Nurse is officially the new head coach as well of the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. And all right, CFL Report here on this Thursday, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they have one more preseason game left to go, and that will take place tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Saskatchewan time against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at IG Field. So uh, one more game, they can finally start playing some games 
for real here. Uh, there's two games in the Canadian Football League tonight. The Ottawa Red Blacks in Toronto and uh, Calgary Stampeders taking on the BC Lions. That one at BC Place Stadium at 8.30 p.m. And I should mention as well, our pregame show tomorrow will be on the air right at 3.30 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli and the Ryder Nation pregame show will be on the air at 5.30 p.m. with Michael Ball and Luke Mullinder taking you up to kickoff and then of course right at 6 30 p.m. tomorrow kickoff between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers your CFL report for Kevin's Marine make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine and Fort Coppell kevinsmarine.com they're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud the names that help define us inspire us and build the game that we all love each wednesday on the sports cage we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard this is where are they now all right, every Wednesday inside the cage, we air this feature. I pushed it back one day, though, because, uh, you know, I wanted to have this opportunity to chat with this next guest for Floor Coverings International. Need new floors? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. Visit their website for your free consultation. And this week's guest is the 2016 Heck Crichton Trophy winner awarded to the best university player in the country. Two-time first-team All-Canadian, and he also spent some time with the Toronto Argonauts. Former quarterback of the University of Regina Rams, Noah Picton, on the Western Pizza Hotline. Noah, thanks for, you know, carving out a few minutes today. I know you're a busy businessman, and I guess before we get into it, fill the listeners in what uh, Noah Picton does here in uh, the year 2023. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time, Sean. Um, now I'm obviously done playing football. I'm working at uh, PFM Capital, uh, fund manager of the South Forks Venture Fund here in uh, here in Regina. So fortunate to to stay in my hometown and and uh, move on and have a life after football, but keeping busy, no less. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about this because. Your family has long ties with the Regina Rams. Your father, Dean Pickton, was a great quarterback for the Rams in the 1980s. And then, of course, yourself. And your family had been around Gary Uren for a number of decades. And very sad news that came in last week when we learned of uh, Gary's passing. And, uh, well, I just wanted to give you the mic and give you the stage to reflect and uh, to honor Gary. Yeah, no, it's obviously very very sad news it was it was dean actually gave me a call um to let me know um of of gary's passing last week and just a just a a shock and and really tragic and and sad loss for um you know the regina rams community the the broader football community here in saskatchewan or here in regina um you know steer he was he was always around uh, around the club and like you said dates back to when when dean was playing and and all the way up uh up until i was was on the team and you, you, um, he was always that guy that you saw around the clubhouse and you didn't necessarily know, um, how much work he actually was doing, uh, for the team, but just a, just a selfless individual who, who gave, um, you know, an inordinate amount of time, uh, to the Rams. And, you know, you just, just like seeing him around. Uh, it was, it was kind of funny. You'd, you'd see him at Pats games, you'd see him at Ryder games, and he's always happy to chat, you know, wants to check in on you, see how you're doing. Uh, wants to go grab a grab a drink on a, a Saturday evening type of thing, but just a, a fantastic individual. Um, but yeah, very very sad to hear of his uh, of his passing, and 
you know, uh, well wishes to all of his, his, his close friends and obviously his, his wife, Luella, and um, just thinking of, of, of her and uh, the Regina Ram community at this time. Yeah, Steer, just an absolute legend. I'll never forget the phone call I got from him. It was uh, him asking me if I wanted to uh, public address announce for the team, and I'll always uh, be grateful uh, for that. And just every time that I ran into him on the concourse at Mosaic Stadium and stuff, he was a great individual. U of R Rams, mm-hmm. great. Noah picked it on the Western Pizza Hotline on where are they now. All right, so... Yesterday, we had CFL great Matt Dunnigan on these airwaves as uh, he was ranking his top CFL quarterbacks going into the season here as I'm rubbing my hands together, getting all ready for some football. And, well, we now pass the quarterback ranking honors over to yourself. Let's start at number nine and uh, let's go uh, through this thing to the number one spot. Who is your number nine ranked quarterback here in the Canadian Football League in the year 2023? From the bottom up, that's a little bit tougher than going top down. Mm. Um, you know, I think I have my top four All right. lined up, but after after that, it gets a little bit murky. Um, you know, looking at the league, the last I'll, I'll look at it from the perspective of, of who I'd want quarterback in the, the Riders, or the last quarterback I'd want quarterback in the Rise. And I think, you know, looking at the starters, I'd probably pick Vernon Adams. Um, to be honest with you, not a not a huge knock. Obviously, there's not a ton of quarterbacks in the league, but he's just a guy. I, you know, I don't necessarily. Love his play. He's athletic, um, but he's sort of, you know, shown time and time again he struggles to, to string together consistent seasons. And, um, yeah, yeah, I won't say too, too much more, but um, I wouldn't want him at the helm of, of the Rough Riders. Um, but, yeah, me you know, either. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he does this year. I guess at eight, um, maybe just simply from the lack of experience, I'll go with uh, Chad Kelly. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he does this year, but. Um, I worry that he doesn't fully grasp the Canadian game yet. There's obviously a steep learning curve coming up from the States. Um, but a, you know, obviously talented and, and looking forward to, to seeing what he can do with the, the defending champion Argonauts this year. But I think there's still a lot of room to grow for him. Um, the next couple get a little, mm-hmm. a little difficult. I sort of have the, you know, Mazzoli, Fajardo and, and Cornelius names in my head in those in those next three it's pegging which one's the seven six and five is is tough mazzoli you know struggles to stay healthy um when he's good he's good but inconsistent um fajardo you know he was quarterback for the riders a couple successful seasons but um you know i i found it tough to watch him at times you know i don't like how um you know he doesn't seem to to get a great pre-snap read doesn't seem to know exactly where he's going with the football and just struggled to to operate an offense in an efficient manner um cornelius obviously newer to the league um big tall athletic uh i think he's going to have a a better season i think edmonton is is uh is going to be drastically improved from from the last couple of years um that's just my opinion so you know those three um so out of those sort of out of those three, Noah, if you were to start a football team out of Mazzoli, Fajardo, and Cornelius, um, kind of leaning towards that, you're thinking you'll you're gonna pick Cornelius out of those three. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. It's it's Mazzoli. You know, he's he's not what he once was athletically. Um, Fajardo, same sort of thing. Not what he once was athletically. I think Cornelius probably has the uh, uh, the most potential at this mm-hmm. point in time. Um, big dude, strong arm, can move around in the pocket. It seems. Uh, make some plays outside of the pocket. So if I had to pick of those three, I think I'm going with with him. Um, after that, still moving up the list, 
Yeah, yeah I think we're at number four now, right? Between yeah. uh, the two, I guess, well, now it's a, a Hamilton quarterback in Calgary, but Bo Levi uh, and Jake, Jake Mayer. Bo, um, inconsistent with his health, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's still Bo Levi, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to watching him this year. I think he's got that big playability. Uh, or still has that, um, not somebody you'd want to write off by any means. So I, I think I'd put him next. I do like that Jake Mayer out in Calgary. I think he's efficient, makes good decisions, uh, throws a really nice ball, accurate. Um, obviously has a great um, coaching staff with him and uh, Dickinson and, and Mark Mueller um, out there as well, helping him out. So I think he's in a great, great position in Calgary and should have a lot of success this coming season. And then I guess the, the top two, I think I'll go – Trevor Harris next. You know, I'm pretty glad that he's 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 with Saskatchewan. I think we have a a good one in him. Uh, he's been in the CFL for a long time. Consistently puts up good numbers. Throws for a lot of yards. Um, seems to protect the football fairly well. Um, you know, everything that I've uh, seen and, and and heard about him, I've I've generally been impressed with. So I'm pretty happy that he's at the the helm of of our team here, and happy that he's throwing the ball to to, to my cousin Mitch uh, among other receivers on the team, but. Yeah, no, I think I think I put him at two, and then obviously number one, I you know it, it'd be tough not to put Caleros up there. Uh, I do think he's maybe a product of his supporting cast and what he's got out in Winnipeg, but nonetheless, he's put up good numbers, um, plays well over the last couple seasons, won a couple great cups. So it would be a, uh, uh, a difficult thing to to not put him up at, at number one. Um, so I'm I don't know what what Dunnigan's list looked like yesterday, but. I'd be surprised if he didn't also have have Caleros at the top. So yep. I think I'll also I'll also go with that. Yeah, that's what he did have. And I, you mentioned your cousin, uh, your cousin Mitch. I th- I think I feel a pretty big season on the horizon here for Mitch. Don't you feel it in your bones? I feel like he's going to have a pretty good year this year. Fingers crossed. The thing about Mitch is that he's always just going to do what the coaches ask of him. You know, if if they ask him to be the the sixth man in and, and rotate in at a certain spot, he's going to do that. Um, if they ask him to start at you know, a boundary, boundary wide receiver, he'll do that. He'll play slot if he needs to. He can, he can block. He can, he can, you know, run routes and catch the ball. So I think he's just sort of the, uh, the Swiss Army knife uh, of the offense. Or it seems like he has been the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see him get the ball. But I know Mitch would just say he's going to do whatever, whatever he can to help the team win. He's just got that mindset, always has. So um, and just, just hoping he can stay healthy and, and be available. Uh, so. Looking forward to, to watching him out on, on the field this year, as I have in the past couple of years. But, yeah, from all, yeah. From all accounts, it's been a good training camp for him, um, as it has for the rest of the team. So, bottom line, I guess I'm just looking forward to, to watching the, uh, the Riders yeah. uh, week one. So, when you're watching the Riders offense when Mitch is on the field, do you kind of watch the game from a different uh, uh, perspective? Do you kind of lock in on Mitch, or is it kind of just same <laughs> old uh, watching, uh, watching football? Yeah. Yeah, I do, and that might be the fact that when when we were playing together, I just sort of had my eyes fixed on where Mitch was looking to throw to him anyway. So I just <laughs> naturally, my eyes go towards him when he's on the field. Um, but no, I like I like seeing the uh, seeing the whole play develop. But you know, definitely uh, try to keep a uh, a sense of you know what route he's running or did he yeah. miss a block? Did he make a block? Um, is he open? Is he not open? So yeah. you know, that's sort of that's sort of what I uh, look for when I'm when I'm watching a game, but. It definitely makes it more enjoyable uh, to watch when he's on the field. So no, it's all it's all good when he's out there. Awesome! This has been great. Where are they now with former Rams quarterback Noah Pickton on the Western Pizza Hotline? 
Hey, my friend, thanks for your time and uh, have a good weekend coming up here. Appreciate it, Sean. You too. All right. Yes, big thank you to you, Noah. We're going to head to break on the other side of the 5 o'clock news. We are going to hear from the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball. Uh, on the Western Pizza Hotline, as I'm pretty sure he's landed in Winnipeg now and uh, he is ready to roll. And then coming up at 5.35, Glenn Suter with press coverage here on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, we're back inside the sports cage here on this mighty fine Thursday. The weather is a bit questionable. Tornado warnings across southeastern Saskatchewan or south... Uh, what was that? Yes, it was south central Saskatchewan, those tornado warnings. Today's show is for the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spike Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored, fizzy choices to enjoy. So, yeah, the weather right now is looking a bit... Uh, uh, questionable, but looking at the forecast over the weekend, it's looking like a pretty good weekend, it looks like, here in the Queen City. And uh, joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline is our uh, friend Brian Raymond from Flowing Springs. Brian, how you doing today, my friend? I am doing really well, Zinger. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Uh, it seems like forever ago since we've been able to watch some uh, you know, NHL hockey. It's a long wait here. The Stanley Cup Final Game 1 getting going on Saturday night. Uh, I can't remember if Ballsy asked you on Tuesday your prediction for the series, but if uh, if he did, I apologize. I'm just going to ask you again. What's your uh, prediction for the series, Stanley Cup well, Final? Well, what I'd really like to see is Florida. But uh, I'm thinking that uh, Vegas might be just a little bit too strong. How come? Uh, how come uh, your pick is Florida? Um, well, I like Paul Maurice for one thing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love the way they're playing right now. It's uh, you know, it's all, I like almost a Cinderella story. I mean, they were the eighth-ranked team uh, going into the playoffs, or the eight-seeded team, and uh, you know, man, the way they've played has been amazing. That, I mean, true playoff hockey. Yeah, and they barely made the playoffs, like you mentioned. I think it was because of like a loss from the Pittsburgh Penguins or something like that, and then the Panthers won one game and they snuck in there last second. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it uh, coming up here this weekend, game one on Saturday night. Uh, what's the golf course looking like this weekend over there at Flowing Springs? I know right now it might uh, be a little bit questionable with uh, this weather around southern Saskatchewan, but I was looking at the forecast. It's uh, It's looking pretty good. Weekend of golf. Well, right now the the weather seems to be mostly going west of here over towards Moose Jaw. That's good. Uh, it's clear here right now, and we've got golfers on the golf course, and it's actually kind of a nice evening. That the wind okay. has actually died down a little bit, so we're looking forward to a nice evening, and we're certainly looking forward to a big weekend. Yeah, yeah, I say that's good that Moose Jaw is getting the weather and not us. That's kind of funny. That's good. Moose Jaw can have the weather. Uh, We're fine over here in Regina. Uh, So uh, any specials, any deals? Uh, What are we looking at this weekend at Flowing Springs? If somebody's coming in from out of town, they want to maybe hit the links for a round or two. And uh, I know Flowing, uh, Flowing Springs is the place to go. Well, we are taking bookings for the weekend for sure, and every day after 3 o'clock, it's $35 to come out and play the golf course. And every evening of the week, weekend, weekday, it doesn't matter. After 6 o'clock, it's only $19 to come out and walk the golf course. Mm -hmm. So we've got these specials there on every day, so we're looking forward to that. Of course, Mondays and Wednesdays, if you're looking towards next week, Ladies and seniors, $32 to play on Monday or Wednesday, and if you're neither of those, it's only $42. All right, so uh, if 
someone wants to get uh, you know their time booked, how do they do so? All you have to do is uh, give us a call at 306-543-5050, or you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Awesome, Brian. Thanks for uh, the chat today. Enjoy the hockey on the weekend. I will, and have a great weekend, Zinger. All right, appreciate you. That's Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs, and yes, it's uh, nice weather right now. I, you know, I kind of jumped to the conclusion thinking that the uh, weather outside is not very nice. I haven't been outside today, Blaine Wyland, since maybe uh, I don't know 11 a.m. So I'm kind of I'm lost in the woods when it comes to the weather. Don't come to me if you want a forecast or something. So I don't know. I th- I thought the weather was bad. Out I was going to but... say outside of our window, eh? <laughs> right now we could take a guess at it. Like I think. I was out at uh, one. It was it was still sunny, but you know how it is when it's like anywhere closer to the thirty mark, you get that feeling. It's it's nice, but then you got that feeling those thunder clouds are going to yeah. be rolling through anytime. I kind of peeked. I peeked out the window and I thought I saw like a you know that gloomy type feel. That's yeah. what I felt when I looked outside. So I automatically jumped to the conclusion that it's not really golf weather right now. But you know, hey, you heard Brian. You heard the man there. It's a, a nice evening for golf, and it will be a nice weekend for golf over there at Flowing Springs. And uh, I mentioned this just quickly uh, earlier on, but. There's a big hockey game tonight. No, it's not the Stanley Cup final, but it's uh, the Memorial Cup because uh, this is the play-in game. The winner of tonight's game will go on to face the Seattle Thunderbirds in the semifinal on Friday. Seattle beat Kamloops yesterday 6-1. to So uh, I don't know about you, Blaine, but I am kind of hoping I'm pulling for Kamloops to win tonight because that would guarantee a WHL team would be playing in the final on Sunday if Kamloops were to be Peter, uh, Peterborough tonight. So yeah. that's what I'm pulling for. Yeah, absolutely. You always got to root for those WHL teams. I'm always the, of the mindset during the Memorial Cup, I always root for the, the WHL team. Now, I didn't grow up like, you know, directly in Regina, so I could understand during the years of, as a fan of a Pat, you might be a little bit wary of cheering for like an arch rival in that. But every year, I always, I always put my interest and my support behind the WHL teams. Yeah, it's for me personally, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I find it very difficult to cheer for the Seattle Thunderbirds just because of what they did to our Regina Pats a few years ago when they beat mm. us in the Western Hockey League Championship season. I believe that was the year before the Pats hosted the Memorial Cup. So the Pats were that close to legitimately making it to the Mem Cup, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it just always stings me when I think about that. You know, I think yeah. I think it was a was it a 6 or a 7 game series? I, I can't remember, but that team that Regina, uh, you know, I was going to say fielded that year. That's not really the right term. But, uh, like, we're talking like Sam Steele. We're talking Austin Wagner. We're talking about uh, uh, Sergey Zabrowski, that big defenseman, number two, I believe he wore. Uh, what's another guy that comes to mind? Uh, Lecision. I'm getting, I'm getting off on a tangent here. But that's why, in a nutshell, I cannot cheer for the Seattle Thunderbirds. I'm hoping that Kamloops beats them tomorrow. Uh, or I'm hoping that Kamloops beats Peterborough tonight, yeah, and yeah. then I'm hoping that uh, Kamloops uh, beats the Seattle Thunderbirds tomorrow. That's my big prediction. But I think, the, if I'm being honest, I think the Quebec Ramparts are going to win this thing. The only reason why they... I think they kind of lost the other night to Peterborough is because, well, they already had everything sealed up. They had the... 
they had a clinch, they were already going to into Sunday's final regardless, right? So I don't I don't really read too much into that loss versus those pesky Peets. But it's going to be fun to watch. I've actually been watching quite a bit of the Mem Cup this year. I don't know why, but uh, it's a it's an exciting tournament. It's like a quick it's a quick race. You know, there's not much room for error. In it's it. a weird tournament in terms of like you know you don't play well. I mean, obviously Kamloops and Seattle have played each other, but you never played these teams throughout the season. And I always find it interesting how the results at the beginning of the tournament are a lot different during the end of the tournament. Like the round robin games results might not necessarily be the same as they are in the finals as well. So I always find the Memorial Cup to be an interesting tournament to win. Yeah. Peterborough, Kamloops tonight. The winner takes on the Seattle Thunderbirds tomorrow in the semifinal. Well, we're going to hit the break on the other side at 5.05. The voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball. He's live in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Hopefully, he's staying safe. Hopefully, uh, you know, he's uh, indoors, staying away from the crowd outside there in Winnipeg. And we're going to hear from Michael Ball coming up in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on this Thursday on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Well, apparently it's raining now outside Blaine Wyland, so there goes my forecast. I'm here telling the world that it's uh, nice and sunny and stuff. No. No, it's not sunny. It's raining here in the Queen City. So uh, the game is up in the air for the Regina Red Sox tonight. They are supposed to be taking on the Medicine Hat Mavericks at 7.05 p.m. at Curry Field. And as of right now, the game is happening. But uh, we shall see what Mother Nature has to say about that here uh going into the Thursday evening here. Today's show has been uh, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spike Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored, fizzy choices to enjoy. And uh, let's get right to it here. We are coming up on a big game tomorrow, and I say big game because I know it's a preseason game, but let's be honest, this is a big game for a lot of players tomorrow night in Winnipeg. The Saskatchewan Roughriders taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff tomorrow. Our pregame show will be on the air right at 3.30 p.m. with Daniela Ponticelli and uh, Countdown to Kickoff. And the Rider Nation pregame show, as always, will be on the air at 5.30 p.m with Michael Ball and Luke Mullender. And the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, is uh, joining us right now on the Western Pizza Hotline. And, uh, Ballsy, how you doing? You're staying staying safe so far in Winnipeg, Manitoba? Oh, yeah. I haven't haven't left the uh, hotel. Just got in here about uh, an hour ago and then uh, went up to my room, put my stuff away, and then I came down here, buddy, and I'm in the lobby uh, or the restaurant here at the Fairmont, and uh, we're having uh, a little bit of supper, just me by myself here. Well, what's on? What, to, yeah, what's, what's on, on the, the menu, menu tonight? Well, I already I already chowed down a, a grilled cab steak sandwich, which was perfectly done um, with a Caesar salad, and um, just decide should I get the house kettle chips or should I get the truffle parmesan fr- parmesan fries? Mm. What should I get? I think the truffle parmesan 
Parmesan fries. I think you should do that. Well, I'm I'm just surprised because you said it was perfectly done. I didn't think that's a, a thing in Winnipeg, Manitoba. They don't usually cook their food. <laughs> you're, you're you're telling me that it's it's good though, which is uh, this well, restaurant. This this restaurant and this hotel that we stay at is pretty good. I don't really like to venture too far out in downtown Winnipeg, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll no. leave it at that. But maybe, but maybe, but maybe. If I venture outside of here, I could find a depth chart, a depth chart somewhere for the Blue Bombers. Could be blowing somewhere, Portage in Maine or something. No, like I don't that. think you're going to find that. I don't think you're going to find it. You, that's a, look- you know what, Dinger? That's an that's an that's an absolute embarrassment and a joke. And um, uh, I'm I'm going to be try to be as polite as I can, but th- there's no way that they should not be fined for that. It's absolutely unprofessional. Literally, I have to go now. Like the the coach is just. I just, I want to, I really want to say how I feel, but I'm just going to bite my tongue because I'm going to be professional as I can be unlike them. Very unprofessional for them not to give you a depth chart, number one. Number two, Zinger, the roster isn't even like numerical. So you know what I mean? Like it's not like number number zero. What is it? uh, Malik Clemens or whatever. He is number zero. It doesn't go zero to 99. He's got them. He's got them arranged by their uh, position. So like you try to play by play. How do you, Guy's number 36. Okay, is that in the running back department? Is that in the DB department? You know what I mean? Like, it's just ridiculous. And I got to go to my hotel room. I know it's a first world problem, but I got to sit there and write out their whole depth chart, zero to 99, so that I can have it myself for the game. <laughs> now, has that process started yet, or are you doing that uh, later no, on tonight? I'll do that right when I'm done. Yeah, I got nothing else to do. I might work out and look at the depth chart and, or the uh, roster. The rider depth chart's pretty good. They laid it out pretty well. Yeah, I was going to ask like you that. about that. I was going to ask you. Like, like, looks like, you know, a pretty, um, you know, looks like the team, for the most part, they're going to go with the start of the season, at least early on in the football game. So I'm interested to see. Now, I'm not going to put too much stock into it because the Bombers aren't dressing a lot of their guys. Like, no Jeff Coates, no Big Hill, you know, uh, you know, Kenny Lawler's now suspended because of the DUI in 2021. So they're not dressing a lot of their guys. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Riders do their first team offense and defense. What do you think will happen if Mason Fine gets in the game tomorrow and absolutely just sucks, you know, like incompletions, interceptions, and then say Shea Patterson or Jake Dolagala come in and, like, outperform Mason Fine? Will this be the last time we see Mason Fine in a Ryder Uni if that happens? Hey, I don't know, man. Just I, speculating, I, you know? Yeah, 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 I know, no, and that's a good speculation. I just don't know. I, I... I've been looking at that myself. Like yesterday, or pardon me, last game, he was uh, the the low man on the totem pole in terms of the depth chart. Started with the pick six to Regina's own rider, Varga, then came back with two touchdown passes. So you look at the depth chart today, he is the uh, backup quarterback for that game tomorrow, least uh, pegged to go in. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of befuddler. The, the thing about Mason is he's fine. Like, no disrespect, a very smart kid. I like him, a pleasant guy. But he's fine. Like he doesn't have an overly strong arm. He doesn't. He's not overly athletic, and he's not tall, right? So like Shea Patterson's a little taller than him, a little more athletic in terms of maneuverability and in terms of short yardage offense. And then Jake Dolagala just has all the intangibles. He's six foot seven. He can flick the ball like nobody's business down the field, make all the throws, but he also misses a lot of throws. Now, last week he didn't, so you want to see that consistency from Jake Dolagala. Very, I'm very interested to see how it shakes down, and I'm also interested to see how Trevor Harris works with his first-team receivers, and he hasn't had any reps in a game situation, Zinger, with regards to... Um, 
to this offense with this new offensive coordinator. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And working with a new center in Peter Godber, too. Yeah, this will be the first time we get to see uh, Mr. Trevor Harris wearing the wearing the green helmet. I, I feel like sometimes in the Canadian Football League that the league tends to stick with quarterbacks for way too long when they're just okay, they're just average, especially when there's maybe one or two guys behind that quarterback that maybe have a higher ceiling and that's kind of what I'm getting at with Mason Fine like we already know what he can do more than likely he's had a you know a pretty good handful of snaps don't you think at some point no don't you think at some point maybe you just give the job to like say a Shea Patterson just because he maybe has a higher ceiling or is it just safer to have a quote-unquote just a fine quarterback in at your backup position because you know that's all they are at the end of the day as a backup normally i'd agree with you zinger but just think about uh situation the riders are in you don't if you're if you're dickinson and oday do you care about a ceiling Hmm. like at this point do you care about the ceiling your ceiling is win now or you're gone so they have to win now so 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 let me ask you a question if trevor harris went down knock on wood he doesn't happen but suppose trevor harris goes down in this game or in week one who behind Trevor Harris are you comfortable with there to take over the reins? Well, obviously it would probably be Mason Fine, but that that doesn't go to say that maybe if Shea Patterson, you know, starts a couple of games, he might be better off than Mason Fine. I'm only saying yeah. Fine because he's only he he's the only other guy that's played other than Dolly no, Gala. But no, that, that, that's a good point, and I agree with you. So I'm, I'm just kind of trying to play the devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'd look at it. Here's how I'd look at it. Um, I don't know how much time. I, like I think um, <clears throat> Trevor Harris, uh, Coach Dickinson has a checklist for Trevor Harris. Once he gets the checklist, like we want to see him in a tempo type of op- offense. We want to see him uh, try to throw the ball deep a few times. We want. This is what Dickinson said. We want to see him maybe in uh, in the red zone. So th- he's got a checklist, and once that checklist is done, then Harris is out. Um, and then it's <clears throat> left between the three. Now I would say. It'd be my prediction that um, Jake Dolagala has a chance to be the backup quarterback for the Rough Riders. And if I if I had a handicap right out, it's Jake Dolagala, and then it's probably Mason Fine, Shea Patterson, coin flip with Shea Patterson maybe a little bit ahead. Uh, that's wow. kind of how I see it. Isn't it? Isn't how I see it. Yeah, isn't it weird? It's kind of like the complete opposite as what it was going into preseason game number one. It was kind of like Shea Patterson was the guy and Dola Gala was at the bottom and then Mason Fine was kind of in, well, in between. Here's what, yeah, yeah. here's where it comes down to for me. I think if if, if uh, Dola Gala gets in there and does well, like if he gets, I don't know that, how much we're going to see of Shea Patterson. I think Shea Patterson is your probably your third quarterback on the roster. That's how I feel. I feel it comes down to Jake Dolagala and Mason Fine. And if Jake Dolagala can show some consistency again and make some plays like he did the last game, I think Jake Dolagala has a higher upside and they'll go with him with Shea Patterson as a backup. So basically what I'm saying is it's coming down to Dolagala or Fine for your backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch tomorrow night in Winnipeg. We're going to step aside, go to break, and on the other side, we will have your uh, Specs by Ryan, player to watch. And we will be talking some special teams with Michael Ball on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. 
Well, we are about 25 hours away until kickoff between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers preseason game number two at IG Field in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, taking a look at the special teams now, and it's time for our Specs by Ryan player to watch. Don't just get glasses, get specs. And this is going to be very interesting. I thought to myself a couple days ago, I thought this competition was pretty much over when uh, head coach Craig Dickinson was asked, you know, is Corey Vedvik kind of more than likely going to be, you know, your punter just because, you know, he's a kicker too? I mean, we saw him kick a field goal in preseason game number one, albeit it was called back and the Riders scored a touchdown, I believe, on the very next play. But uh, Coach Craig Dickinson, he was asked pretty much straight up <laughs> who his punter's going to be. And then he kind of, I don't want to say tipped his hand, but he kind of was like, ah, well, maybe, maybe that's the way that we're leaning. But uh, with that said, Adam Korzak is our player to watch today for Specs by Ryan. And Adam Korzak, Michael Ball, will be uh, getting the bulk, if not all of the snaps tomorrow in the preseason finale. Yeah, he'll get all the punting reps and, of course, holding on field goals for Brett Lother. Um, he, um, he's doing that because Vedvik did not make the trip. He uh, had a minor quad pull at the end of last practice. So uh, he, uh, the one yesterday, not today, because obviously today was a walkthrough. So Vedvik did not make the trip. But Korzak, I think, is going to have to do something, uh, I don't want to say spectacular, but he's going to have to be much better than he was, uh, more consistent, I guess. And then in the last game, if he is going to make this team as a punter for the Rough Riders, I think it's Vedvik's job to lose, and Korzak will just have to change their mind. Unless, of course, I mean, let's be honest, and of course, uh, if Vedvik's uh, pull is worse than anticipated, maybe Korzak automatically has a spot on the roster, right? So, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see. But yeah, he's our specs by Ryan, one to watch. Yeah, that's going to be uh, maybe, I don't want to say this injury has come at the right time for Mr. Adam Korzak to stay a professional football player, but makes you start to think maybe there's a possibility that Adam Korzak might be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders punter come week one, but uh, that's to be determined. TBD is what they say, abbreviation. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at the defense now. I want to uh, chat about the defense quickly. I'm with the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball. I'm just sitting in his chair. I just want to keep it as warm as I can here, Blaine Wyland. We have Ballsy for a couple more minutes here. He's in Winnipeg right now. And uh, looking at the defense, Ballsy, Lanier the second Christmas Brown Robertson that's a pretty stout defensive line tomorrow night at IG Field linebackers tights Dean Rivas and then the secondary I wasn't really expecting this but uh, Roland Milligan Jr. is uh, penciled in to play some snaps tomorrow yeah we haven't seen uh, a whole heck of a lot of him in training camp uh, we've seen him in uh, select reps but not we haven't used him a bunch um, so yeah he's going to play a bit I don't know how much um, really looking forward to seeing that Deontay Williams and see if he can just find a way to knife his way onto this roster. Of course, they've got four guys to start of the year that have started at least 10 games in a CFL um, backfield in the secondary, and the Riders do. And so uh, it'll be hard to make it, but Deontay Williams had the interception last game against D.C., was good on special teams, and has had a good week of practice, too. So I'm looking to see what he can do. But, yeah, Milligan starting there. Mari Henderson, of course, uh, added 10 pounds to his frame, so he's 190 pounds, although he doesn't look 190 pounds, carries it well, and uh, he recognized he needs to be a little thicker in order to have some more bump and run ability. And then, of course, Nick Marshall, uh, Jeremy Clark, and then we're looking at uh, Jade Dalkey as the safety. 
Donkey, I was talking to him on the bus uh, from the airport today. He's feeling pretty loose, ready to go, really loving his time here. And this is a kid that wasn't sure he even wanted to go into the CFL draft before last year, but his dad told him, Dad Ryan said, hey, man, you never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, get in there and ride the ride it to the wheels fall off the wagon. Yeah, so we, got a, we have about a minute left here. What's the number one thing you are looking forward to tomorrow night? Looking forward to watch. Just, just, just you know, on offense, I want to see uh, how the right tackle is. They're going to have Tremont Short, uh, Eric Lofton, and Council rotating over there. Blake's going to bump out the left tackle because Gerald Hawkins, the guy they penciled in for left tackle to start the season, is away in the States with some family commitment. So I'm looking at the offensive line, especially that tackle spot. I'm looking to see how Trevor Harris works. Uh, and how efficient he is as a quarterback of our team. You don't really pay attention as much when you're going against him, so I'm looking forward to paying more attention to him. And then defensively, I want to see how that uh, linebacking course stacks up in behind the, the front three. Uh, you know, Can C.J. Reed just take another step into solidifying that uh, Sam spot? Because I don't think, uh, honestly, we haven't seen Derek Moncrief all training camp. He will not play week one, even though the riders hold out hope. I, I'm predicting it probably be like three weeks before he's in. So we got to find a spot there, and you know maybe it comes to a case where Dalkey comes down into the box and you move Lacombo to free safety. There's some different moving pieces there, so I'm just looking at that spot mainly, right in the middle. See how that uh, that um, linebacking core does, and then I uh, also an offense singer. I want to see what can I see something from Sean Bain Jr. I heard a lot about him. I want to see do we have a field stretching receiver like you know Kendall Watson. I think he's actually been better than Sean Bain Jr. And he's lined up behind him on the depth chart. We've got uh, you know that to look forward to tomorrow night as well. Yeah, and we're going to be a little late for the news here, but I don't care. I want to ask you about Sean Bain Jr. Uh, yeah. is, is there a possibility that uh, Sean Bain Jr. is on the outside looking in when final cuts roll in? I don't know if he's on the outside looking in, but he definitely uh, – I mean, Coach says, hey, he's advertised, but I, I don't know what that means because I haven't really <laughs> noticed him this, this year. This year so far, he's been dropping passes, not as consistent. I don't see him blowing anybody away uh, with his speed. Uh, but Mario Alford isn't here on this trip. He was running and doing his cardio before we left in the heat in Saskatoon. So uh, he's staying behind. He's already made the spot on the team and limited reps in the offense during the season. We know that. But maybe Bain can step forward as a kick return to see what he can do, or Kendall Watson. It could come down to those two. I don't think he has a roster spot sewn up, but I I don't know if he's on the outside looking in, but we need a little more from him, I think. Yeah. So the next time we hear Michael Ball on these airwaves, we'll be at 5.30 p.m. tomorrow, Saskatchewan time, with the Ryder Nation pregame show. Michael Ball and Luke Mullinder will be uh, live from IG Field in Winnipeg, Ballsy. Thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes here. Make sure you stay indoors and uh, don't go out past, well, 9.30 tonight in Winnipeg, Manitoba. No, I'm going to be locked down. I might go for a workout in the hotel gym, then go up to my room and just, uh, you know, write out the depth chart for Mike O'Shea since he couldn't do it. Yeah. But I want to thank you two guys, uh, Blaine and uh, Sean, for filling in for me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow at, uh, I guess it would be 5.30 local time, 6.30 here. 5.30 your time, 6.30 local time as uh, our portion of the pregame show gets going. But Daniela kicks things off at 3.30 on 620 CKRM. There we go. That's the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, who joined us live there from Winnipeg, Manitoba. We're going to head to break and on the other side, press coverage with our friend Glenn Suter, who will also be joining us live from Winnipeg, Manitoba, as Glenn will be broadcasting uh, the game, I believe, tomorrow. 
between the Rough Riders and the Blue Bombers. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former Ryder greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation. All right, back inside the sports cage here on this Thursday. It is indeed press coverage with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. And to start the conversation off today, I pulled a clip from the other day from head coach Craig Dickinson because I know Glenn Suter would love to hear this. Let's uh, listen in. I think the CFL is the best league in the world, and one of the reasons is is we look far and wide for good football players and if a guy's made a mistake in his past, we uh, will sometimes overlook that and give him a second chance. And I think that's a really neat thing about our league. Well, yeah, I just I, I love the clip because yeah. of not just what he said, but how he said it to Zinger. I, you know, I, I have been talking about this for years about the the messaging that we really need to collectively understand its importance and. and and collectively, I mean all the stakeholders in the league that are reminding the fan, both the average fan and the and the fan that is uh, has tremendous football knowledge, and maybe even ex players and ex coaches and things like that that are watching the game that really know the game well. You know, I think the messaging that comes from the league office that comes from us as, as uh, you know former players, us as uh, commentators and, and radio personalities. Should, should all be consistent and and it and not just in in how we deliver it or excuse me in in the in the content but also in how we deliver it and that and that's what i i just when i heard that clip from coach dickinson it was how matter of fact the coach said i i think the cfl is the best league in the world mm-hmm. and and that could be full stop you know and, and you know you and i have believed it and i know thousands and thousands of fans across the country believe it in fact Millions of fans believe it, especially come Great Cup week when they're all watching the big game, over 10 million that tune in at one point or another. That's a third of our country. So those are the facts. We're not, this is not creating news or making up stories. This is, this is positive messaging that doesn't neglect when we make a mistake or a mistake is made in the league office or wherever it may be. It, you can't neglect that or else you lose integrity. But but to to understand that it is the best league in the world, it has the best final three minutes in all of sports, and it's played by world class athletes. And and so to continue to remind folks of that in our country, I think is crucial. It's important. It doesn't cost a dime to do it, and we should all be doing it. Hey, I, you and I both love the NFL too. That's okay. You can love the NFL. It just it's not one or the other. And when I, when I heard Craig Dickinson just now say, it's the best league in the world, and one of the reasons for that is that we go out and find players. I, I was doing my depth chart for this preseason game, Zinger, and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of really small schools that I even have to look up. I've been involved in this game my whole life, and I have to Google search when I get to the hotel some of the small universities that some of these guys come from. Well, a lot of the American players are not going to get a look in the other league because in the NFL because they're 
Yeah, they're from those small schools. The, the NFL is looking at the Oklahoma State and Texas and the big schools, and you know that's kind of how they rank players because they think it was because they played at such a high level of competition in those big Div One schools that that must be that must mean they're the only ones that can make a pro roster. And all these small schools get kind of left behind. So the American can look at it that way in our league that way and think this is such a great second chance for me or a chance for me to continue my dream and play pro football. And then, of course, the Canadian ratio. And I would add that to Coach Dickinson's comments, that one of the reasons that we go find great athletes in the States, but the other reason is the Canadian ratio, and we give Canadian athletes a chance to showcase their skills, and they are also world-class. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Glenn. And Glenn Suter, press coverage here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And uh, you mentioned you're in Winnipeg for the game tomorrow, Glenn. Uh, Bombers, Rough Riders. Have you been able to get your hands on a Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, depth chart? Have you found it on eBay? Have you found it somewhere? Because I think we're still looking for one. (laughs) Yeah, no. Unfortunately, I remember Coach O'Shea ever giving out a depth chart when it came to the preseason. He, he, he does because it's a league rule during the year. And it's a league rule that I can tell you that we've been working on from TSN's point of view for years and years and years. And over the last four or five, it has become a league rule where teams have to submit depth charts. Part of the reason for that, too, is not just for you and I uh, to prepare for our games, but also for, you know, gambling and to make sure that, the guy that's putting five bucks or 10 bucks down on a game or a player and a prop bet is going to know that that player is on the field and they're going to play. So that's super important from a league perspective. The fact that the bombers don't do it in the preseason, don't like it. In fact, I hate it. I think it's silly. Uh, it's kind of their way, I guess. Uh, I don't think that's an excuse. Um, that's the honest truth. Like I said, when things happen that we disagree with or want to talk about that are not necessarily positive, we still have to do that. And this is one of those things. I mean, you know, does, are you trying to trick anybody or you just don't want to do it or you don't feel like it? I don't know. It's, it should be just commonplace. Everybody gives their depth chart so that we could tell the fan who's playing. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's for at the end of the day. I mean, this league would not be around without its fans, without, you know, the people buying tickets and stuff. And I don't know. Like you said, I don't I don't get it. Let's talk about some uh, good things, I guess. I want your top five things that you were looking forward to this year, Glenn Suter. And it could be anything from, I don't know, a hot dog in the booth at Mosaic Stadium. It could be anything that comes to mind. What are the top five things that you are most looking forward to in the 2023 CFL season here? Well, okay, let's, let's respond because uh, the first one right out of the gate, like all, almost always we start with a discussion at the beginning of the year on the quarterback position. But this year it is so intriguing to think that most of the teams, if I go across the board, I think, you know, the Bombers with, with Zach Kolaris is really the only team that is playing with that same starter as they did last year. I mean, to start the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I'd have to look deep into that, but I, I think it's pretty close. A lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of veteran players with new uniforms, and to me, that's going to be such an intriguing storyline. Which one of those great guys, Trevor Harris, Cody Fajardo, which one of these great quarterbacks, Bo Levi Mitchell, are going to get off to the great, the best start to start the season? So that, that's one of them. 
And, you know, the quarterbacks are going to be discussed always, but that one has a different slant to it this year than la- than, than past years. Um, the other is Halifax. You know, again, I, I, I'm loving how the league has leaned into Halifax as a real possibility for expansion. Uh, you know, I got a chance last year to talk to some business leaders out there, and, you know, I, I believe there is an honest, true effort to make that happen. And, you know, another big event and an and a exciting game this year in Halifax, I would go a long way to, to, you know, towards accomplishing that goal. So that's another one that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I think we've got, you know, the Canadian talent in the league gets better every single year. So number three for me, Zinger, would be to watching guys like Braden Lenius and, and guys like Sam uh, Emilis and, and guys that are, you know, great Canadian athletes that, you know, even Nick Dembski, the veterans too, but, but some of the younger guys emerging, we're going to, we're going to see Schaefer Baker back before the end of the season. Um, you know, just, I, I, I'm seeing guys that if, if you weren't, if, if you didn't know them and you didn't know that their numbers or whatever, and you were just looking at them, you wouldn't be able to tell who played at Oklahoma state and who played at Guelph. Uh, I don't think, and that's getting closer and closer every year. I'm looking forward to looking at a, a bunch of the Canadians. Yeah, no, those are great points. Is it silly of me to think that I cannot wait to uh, sit back and look at all these brand new uniforms on my brand new television? I don't know if I'm a geek or not, but I just love that. I love the new threads for Calgary, BC, uh, Toronto. I know you mentioned uh, part of that. So what are your top two things that you are looking forward to, Glenn? What comes to mind? Well, well, yeah, no, I, I, it's not silly at all to think about that. Yeah. I, I, You know, when you're a kid growing up, yeah. And you, if you like a jersey or you like a logo or whatever, you might look at a team and say, oh, I love this team color. I love the, the jersey or exactly, the logo. Yep. And, and that gets you fired up. Now, in today's world, you, you Google search that team, and the next thing you know, you become a fan, and that is your team forever. Yeah. So, you know, making those changes and seeing those uniforms are going to be cool. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to have a really, really competitive West Division for sure. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes down and just on the field action. Last year, I want to say we were over 60% of the games ended or were decided in the final three minutes. Again, no other sport can say that. And that happened in the Canadian Football League last year. I, I think, you know, injuries, knock on wood, don't affect teams too badly this year but that we're going to see some great finishes in the final three minutes, and that's what gets you up out of your seat, and that's what the CFL is all about. So that's another one. And the final one for me, Zinger, is those home games in Saskatchewan at Mosaic and a great dinner at Memories Restaurant right after. Can't Let's wait go. for that again. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking right in my wheelhouse, baby. Let's go. When, when, when's dinner number one? Just text me up and we'll get this thing going. I can't wait, man. It's got to be such a fun year. Uh, is this your first uh, preseason game you're calling tonight? Uh, I've lost count. Have you done one last week? Uh, no, no. This is my first one. And uh, to be honest with you, and again, <laughs> the Truth Network, I'll just tell you the truth. Yeah. I, I don't have to do any of them, honestly. If I... Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> when you don't know who's playing, if you don't have a depth chart, right? I don't want to get back into that, but... Uh... 
Yeah, no. but you know what, Zinger, though, it's really important for some rookies. I was looking at the rosters, just the, the amount of players that will be dressed. There will be probably almost 80 players for the Bombers dressed, and, you know, 35 of them aren't going to make the team. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's what is on the line for these guys, a chance to continue their dream, make money playing the game they love, and it's really important to them. You'll see great efforts from a lot of young guys, and, well, veterans, too, holding on to their job. But um, <laughs> as far as a broadcast uh, prep night, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's always a long night when you're in Winnipeg in general. That's Zinger speaking, not Glenn Suter. But, uh, yeah, uh, best of luck in calling the game tomorrow, my friend, and can't wait for the regular season. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Zinger. Take care. That's Glenn Suter on the Western Pizza Hotline. Yeah, it's always a rough night when you have to stay in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Huh? That's just my opinion, I guess. Wrapping up the show on the other side, you're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. This day in sports history brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua here in Regina. June 1st, 1982, Oakland Athletics left fielder Ricky Henderson steals two bases and a 3-2 win over the Boston Red Sox to become the fastest to reach 50 stolen bases in an MLB season. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, we have... Three minutes left on the clock. It's the three-minute warning here inside the sports cage. And uh, tomorrow, last preseason game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Then we can finally just uh, close the book on this thing and look forward to some football games that matter to us fans. Of course, these games, the preseason games, they matter to uh, the young guys trying to make the team and stuff. But... Ugh, it's kind of just like, let's get this thing over with already. There is a game happening right now in the CFL preseason, and it's 14-10. to The Ottawa Red Blacks lead the Toronto Argonauts at halftime, and that game is happening at uh, Guelph University in Guelph, Ontario. And uh, talked with the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan, earlier on in the show, and also chatted with the voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, A.J. Jackiebeck at the beginning of the show as well and they were both uh, well I could tell AJ he wasn't too excited about broadcasting a game at Guelph Stadium you know because of the internet issues and stuff that tend to happen and a correction on that score by the way it's 17 to 10 for the Ottawa Red Blacks over the Toronto Argonauts at halftime later on tonight 8.30 p.m. kickoff the Calgary Stampeders taking on the BC Lions at BC Place Stadium in downtown Vancouver British Columbia so uh, that's going to be an interesting game as well to uh, take in if you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan that's uh, one to kind of scope out but uh, the big game for us obviously is tomorrow it's a uh, 6.30 p.m. kickoff Saskatchewan time, Blaine Wyland, and our pregame show will be on the air at 3.30 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli, and I will have an abbreviated edition of the Sports Cage tomorrow right after the 3 o'clock news. I will be joined by TSN's, or is it uh, Sportsnet's? Ah, 
Craig Button works with Sportsnet or TSN? TSN. T- yes, T- TSN. Thank you, Blaine <laughs> Wyland. Uh, Craig Button will join me tomorrow at 3.05 live from Kamloops, British Columbia at the Memorial Cup. Of course, it's a big night in the Memorial Cup as well. The Peterborough Peets taking on the Kamloops Blazers tonight. And the winner of tonight's game will go on to take on the Seattle Thunderbirds tomorrow in the semifinal. And the winner of that game will go on to play the Quebec Ramparts in Sunday's final. Patrick Waugh. And his team, obviously, uh, yes, Patrick Waugh is the head coach of the Quebec Ramparts. Kind of got, got off track there, though. Uh, the game tomorrow, yes, it's at 6.30 p.m. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Blaine. We have a minute left. Uh, what are what are you looking forward to most tomorrow if you were to pinpoint one thing in this last preseason game? One last thing. Maybe it's something we haven't talked about as much. I want to see the defensive line a little bit more. Um, the fact that they're having Anthony Lanier start at uh, edge uh, with Michael Johnson out and a lot of time for DeMarcus Christmas and Miles Brown in the middle. Um, just want to see those guys uh, run with the first group and see how they do. Um a lot of depth on that defensive line, so expect a lot of things, but uh, definitely the interior defensive line. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys tomorrow. Do you think there is a possibility that Micah Johnson will be on the outside looking in? Uh, I, I think if it's like a salary cap thing, that would be the only thing. Um, mm-hmm. they got a, quite the luxury, though, with the defensive line right now with a lot of depth. So I think it would be just a yep. dollar and cent thing. No, I really like the D-line, too, with especially bringing in NFL uh, vet Brian Cox Jr. You have him. You have Anthony Lanier. You already mentioned Miles Brown and and Christmas. So, uh, yeah, that's got to be something to watch for sure on both sides of the line, the offensive line, defensive line tomorrow night in Winnipeg. 6.30 p.m. kickoff. You can hear all the action live, of course, right here on 620 CKRM Star. Starting at 3.30 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff, Daniela Ponticelli, the Professor Don Hewitt. And yes, we have found Wes Cates. Wes was missing this past week, but I believe he was down in Columbus, Ohio. But he will be back and he will be in studio tomorrow for Countdown to Kickoff. And of course, after the ball game, the Sports Cage Radio Roundtable. So until then, we'll talk to you then and have yourself a good night. You've been listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM.